Okay, guys, before we get started, I want to give an announcement about the study hall and the next boot camp. I said that I wasn't going to do a boot camp after the summer boot camp. I'm doing an attachment group right now, which is different from a boot camp. It's not as intense because every single person is working at a different level. I have them all working pretty much to, you know, as much work as they are able to do. But the journaling is very important. It's important to journal four to six days a week and respond to three to five other boot campers journals four to six days a week. So if you can make that commitment, you are welcome to the holiday boot camp. The holiday boot camp is going to be a cross of a beginning boot camp. If you've never done any of this work before, you haven't done the relationship inventory you want to do with me, you're free to join. If you're a little more advanced than that and you want to work on codependency, you are free to join. It's going to be a hybrid. So it's going to be a hybrid of a beginning and a codependency. So whether you are beginning or you're a little bit advanced but want to work on codependency, you can do it. I've done codependency boot camps, I've done beginning boot camps, and I've done a hybrid. So this is a hybrid. Please send me email. Send to Susan at gettingpastorbreakup.com. Send to Susan J E one 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 nine. That's three ones nine at gmail.com. Just because sometimes the blue host email just gets stuck somewhere. I don't know where the hell it gets stuck, but it does. And I have to actually go on the server and pull them all off. And I don't do that every single day. So if you want the registration form, it will be available after November 1st. Send me email. It is limited. There's usually a wait list. This is the holiday boot camp. It's going to go on for eight weeks. Uh, well, nine weeks. We do a break in the middle. So it's nine week boot camp. We do a break in the middle and I hope to start it uh, a week or so before Thanksgiving so that you have a lot of support through the holidays. So please send me email. Let me know what you, you're willing to do. And then the study hall will be coming up after the first of the year. So hopefully when this boot camp ends, the study hall will be ready. I just don't want to put the study hall up without it being absolutely 100% perfect. And there's still videos that I have to do. And I, I still am working on the course materials. So I'm not putting the study hall up until I have an optimized site, which we optimized the site a couple of weeks ago, but I'm getting a new forum. I need some more power on the server. I'm talking to Bluehost. That's probably going to happen the second or third week in January and we'll go from there. So if you're interested in the study hall, you want to wait for that, that's fine. If you want to join the holiday boot camp, please let me know. It usually sells out and I usually have a wait list. So please let me know guys. Take care everybody. Bye-bye. I'm going to have this as an announcement at the beginning of like two or three podcasts. So don't get annoyed. It'll it'll go away soon. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Welcome to the Mean Lady Talking Podcast, the tough-talking, advice-giving show by the not-really-mean, mean lady, Susan J. Elliott. Okay, so I'm not sure why this was a request, but it was. Somebody asked, I had gotten a mail, we got mail, a letter from somebody, and I had answered it a long time ago, and I even did a podcast 
where I answered it again, and I recently republished it under Great Expectations and Narcissist. And people asked me if I could do it as a podcast, that they wanted to hear me do it in my voice. So I don't know how that changes things, but here we go. So this is that last year or the year before, it actually was a long time ago, we got a post from Mail We Get Mail. And there was a note from somebody who was coming out of a three-year relationship. And before they were in a relationship, they had been friends. And during the friendship, she saw him date a bunch of women and be dishonest and commitment phobic with these women. So when they dated, she was surprised by his dishonesty and commitment phobia. And my question was why? Now, my first husband was a guy that in high school, all the women had crushes on. And we went back and forth, back and forth, kind of boyfriend, girlfriend, best friends all the time. And I was always kind of the person that protected him. And he was always kind of the guy that protected me. And I talked about how my homicidal boyfriend went after him with an axe because he wasn't sure that we were really just friends. And I guess that he thought that going after him with an axe would clear the whole thing up. That was, you know, completely bullshit because we had not been boyfriend, girlfriend while I was with this other guy. But self-deception begins when someone says, I'm a cheater and a liar. It doesn't, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that somebody's a cheater and a liar when they've told you that that's who they are. But we don't do that. We say, but not with me, right? Because it's like with magic, they changed. And this woman thought that this guy had been honest with her as a friend, told her how he treated women, which was horrible. And that if they were going to be get together, she was going to understand that he had changed because of course he wouldn't do all the things that he knew that she knew that he did because she already had his number. So she assumed that he was going to change because he would just not have the audacity to do what he had done in these other relationships because she was on to him. But he hadn't changed. He didn't have a huge revelation. He didn't go to therapy. He didn't go to Cheaters Anonymous. He didn't go to Sexaholics Anonymous. He didn't suddenly find religion and decide to reform. Nothing happened. Nothing happened in this guy's life for him to become a brand new person. And if nothing changes, nothing changes. But for some insane reason, with no basis in fact... She believed that he was going to be true to her. And I only have one response to that. And that response is, <laughs> to infinity and beyond. <laughs> when someone shows you who they are, dear, believe them. If a person says, I am dishonest, the expectation is set. If a person says in his or her actions, I am dishonest, evasive, and noncommittal, which part of you goes, I want a piece of that? Which part of you is saying, sign me up for that? That's fabulous. Why would you swoon about that? Why would you say, I want a part of that? Why would you say, I want that in my life? What part of that represents a struggle in your past that you are trying to overcome? 
What part of you sees the dishonesty and the inability to commit and you still say, I want to be with that person? You're not stupid. Do you think I do want someone who's a liar? Because you don't affirmatively say that, but you have something in your past that you are trying to win over. And this guy represents it. It represents the struggle that you are going to finally bring home the person who is dishonest, who is commitment phobic, who doesn't want to be with anybody, who wants to play everybody for a fool. And they are going to fall all over you because you are so wonderful as to change them into who you want them to be. She said to me, he's charming and fun and attractive and social. Charming is a buzzword that I use to say, if somebody is charming, run the other way. Sociopaths are charming. Many narcissists are charming. Ted Bundy, the freaking sociopathic serial killer was charming. There are many, many crazy people who are described as charming. It's a bad buzzword. Somebody, I was going out with a guy that I knew was a sociopath. I knew he was a narcissist. And I was going out with him for reasons of my own out talk about that in some other podcasts, but I knew I already had his number. He didn't have my number. He thought that I was one of these women who was falling all over him, but I wasn't. I was kind of doing a social experiment and trying to get another guy jealous, but that was all beside the point. But I knew what he was. I knew who and what he was. And I used to say to friends, he could charm a dog off a meat wagon. Charming is a bad word, but there are people who are fun, attractive, and social that don't have, oh, by the way, I'm a cheater and a liar. You can find people that maybe they're not as charming, but they're fun and they're social and they're attractive. And maybe they don't make your wind blow up your skirt. But again, we have to talk about sparks and fireworks. Many times sparks and fireworks is just one person's dysfunction saying hello to another person's dysfunction. It means this person is dangerous. It means watch out. But you don't know that's what it means. You're going, whoa, I just feel, I feel sparks. I feel fireworks. I feel so attractive. I'm going to jump on his bones and we're going to be terrific and wonderful. But being a cheater and a liar should make one fatally unattractive no matter how many damn fireworks there are. But if you are looking for and attracted to cheating and lying, then just move ahead with this sicko relationship. But why would you believe that someone who has shown no tendency towards truth and fidelity and hasn't done a single thing to change would suddenly want to be the person you want them to be? How do you come to that conclusion? It takes a whole lot of calisthenics and gyrations and turning yourself inside and out. And I've heard people say, well, I'm a nice person. And as I've said a whole bunch of times, that sentence is usually a translation for I'm a fool. I'm an idiot. I go forging straight ahead, even when I know that danger is on the other side. There is a huge difference between being nice and being a fool and putting up with lying liars. Putting up with lying liars and cheating cheaters doesn't make you a nice person. It makes you an idiot. 
And giving and giving to someone who doesn't give back or pay you back doesn't make you generous. It makes you a fool. And I've, I've seen so many people saying, I trusted him. How did you trust him? How did you trust him with your money when you didn't even know him? How could you trust him? Trust is something that is earned. And you can walk into a relationship and be a foolish person and go, oh, they seem, they seem trustworthy. They needed money. You know, you go into this brand new relationship and the person needs to be bailed out of a DUI or needs money for a child support before they go to jail or some other thing. And you're giving them money instead of walking out the door. No, you should be walking out the door and not saying, well, you know, I, I understand like everybody, everybody gets into jams. No, everybody does not get into jams and you don't need to bail people out. If you know a person's unfaithful past and now you expect different behavior from them, it doesn't make you a victim. It makes you a volunteer. Smarten the fuck up. That's what I said. Smarten the fuck up. After the cheating cheater, the lying liar is walking out the door and you say, I was going to marry you. We were together a long time. Why didn't you want to be together with me? Because the person's a cheating cheater and a lying liar. They don't want to be with you. Why did you want to be with them? It's just more of the same. Why do you want to get married to that? Why do you want to put a ring on that? There's too many people that have to deal with this bullshit with no warning. They get into the relationship and then this shit starts. But you were friends with this guy and saw that this was his MO and you went ahead anyway. Great chemistry is usually our dysfunction saying hello to someone else's dysfunction. Without honesty and trust, great chemistry is just a bunch of hormonal blathering. It means nothing. It's the rush of the possibility of winning over the struggles of the past. It's the rush of roping in someone who doesn't want to be roped in. It's the idea of winning against all those other suitors who are vying for his attention, other fools. You're trying to win the guy that has 14 baby mamas and still sleeps with a number of them but doesn't pay any child support. He needs a hobby other than making kids. But knock yourself out on that guy. The world is full of idiots. You cannot swing a cat without hitting a bunch of people trying to be the one person a cheetah walks off into the sunset with. Guys will punch each other out. Women will key each other's cars. They'll go after the person that has no loyalty to them and ignore the person that is supposed to be loyal to them. Oh, he's fooling around with her. I'm going to go after her. No, she doesn't owe you anything. He owes you something and you're not getting it from him. Why are you going after her? She did nothing to you. In dysfunctional relationships, great chemistry is there because it's so unstable. It's like a roller coaster ride. It gives us great adrenaline while being whipped around turns and plunged down hills. And even as things are calm and we're clacking up a nice incline, enjoying the view, our heart is pounding because we know that we're going to be dropped like a stone as soon as we get to the top where the view is the best. Some people like roller coaster rides. Some people are addicted to roller coaster rides, but you cannot live on the roller coaster. Eventually, you get so sick that none of it is fun anymore. Now, back to our normally scheduled head scratching. I will totally not stand for the thing I've been totally standing for. So the reader writes, I tried talking to him about the cheating, telling him I wouldn't stand for it. And we obviously had different ideas of relationships. I got really angry with him and yelled, at which point he wanted to leave and stop talking to me. 
He apologized, yes, but I didn't feel like he had compassion in the situation. He seemed more sorry that he was a jerk and less sorry about what his actions had done to my self-esteem. Always nagged at me that I would never have known had I not caught him. Not only that, he told me the ex hadn't realized they were broken up. Okay, but you did stand for it. And why should he have compassion? He's not capable of it. He's a narcissist. Narcissists don't care about you. And whose problem is this? This is his problem. What did his actions do to your self-esteem? Nothing, because you knew all along what he was and you chose to be with him anyway. You are responsible for your own self-esteem, sweetie, and your own stupid choices. If you choose to be with a cheating liar, your self-esteem is going to plunge into the freaking gutter. But only you are responsible for that. You didn't care about your self-esteem, so why should he care? When you have good self-esteem, it doesn't matter what other people do. You nurture and care for yourself, and you start with that nurturing by picking appropriate people. Here's a hint. Cheating, lying, commitment-phobic narcissists are not appropriate people. That's a newsflash. Hello? Hello, McFly. He's not appropriate. I hate to be the one to break it to you, but many people don't get into relationships and know the person is a liar and a cheater. You had advance warning. You had a heads up and you ignored it. You went straight ahead. Even though all those neon red flags were flashing, keep out, go away, retreat, run, you just plowed straight ahead. Ignore, 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 ignore. It's like the silly people in horror movies. When the mean, scary voice says, get out, you should not take it as a cue to go in. Many people who lie, many people who wind up with cheating liars, lying cheaters, tomato, tomato, do so without knowing it in the beginning. You had so much advance warning and you chose to ignore it. Oh, what more do you want? How do you know? That so many people would have loved that information and turn tail and run to avoid their broken heart. But not you. You think, yay, I got me a cheating liar. Awesome. And you want him to care about you. You don't care about you because if you did, you would not be with him. Cheating, lying, narcissists don't care about cheating and lying. Their own self-worth is not high enough to give a damn that they are unfaithful banana heads. They have so many things that they rationalize to themselves, they justify to themselves, and you are nothing as far as they're concerned. Why would they care about someone else's self-esteem? They don't care about their own. They don't, and they won't, and they can't. And even if a person didn't cheat and lie, when someone wants out, they want out. They don't want to stand around feeling sorry for your self-esteem. They just want to go with the least amount of baggage possible. They aren't going to give a rat's patootie about your self-esteem. The question is, why go to the dry well for water? Why try to get blood from a turnip? Even if he cared about your self-esteem or even if he acted like he did, so what? Who cares? Why would this response do anything for you? How would it change things? Who cares about what level of compassion a lying cheater has? Would him feeling bad make you feel better? That and $22.50 would get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. It's worth nothing. Repeat after me, nothing. She writes, he would try to reassure me that his feelings were for me, but he couldn't easily talk about how he felt. 
And after he cheated and lied and apparently kept his old relationship going, well, I couldn't feel secure with him. Well, of course you couldn't feel secure with him. He's a narcissistic cheater and liar. To me, it seemed he didn't know what he wanted. He would say he wanted me, and that was why he was with me, but he wouldn't make eye contact. I was feeling insecure in the relationship because of our start. I felt anxiety when I found out his ex moved to the city in which we lived. She wanted to reconcile, and I didn't know if he would cheat on me again. No, he wanted what he wanted when he wanted it, you moron. Everyone else be damned. You, his ex, his other ex, his other baby mama, all these people. He doesn't give a shit. I do have abandonment issues. I would try to tell him that and how his actions really tripped a painful part of my past. I would cry and get angry and he would walk away. He got sick of talking about all the heavy issues. He refused to talk to me about any of it anymore. <laughs> Again, dry, well, water. Got it? He is incapable of dealing with this. Furthermore, these are your issues. If you don't want to be abandoned, stop choosing people who will abandon you. Work on yourself. Raise your self-esteem. You were in a power struggle with him to make him stay and talk about being mean to you. You were in a power struggle with him to extract compassion and caring when there was none. What struggle is this for you? It's not about him. Sometimes things were fine and fun. I went on vacation with his family. I got along with his friends. We had our routines. Other times he was distant and cold. He kept very busy. I wasn't able to see him often. I would ask if we could make more time for one another, and he told me flat out he didn't want to give up any of his activities. Things that kept him busy until 10 o'clock on weeknights and from early morning to late afternoon on weekends. He grew defensive if I asked if he could arrange his schedule so we could spend more time together. The time we did spend together was often in groups, his friends or his family. We spent little time alone together. Sometimes he seemed to want other times. He seemed very set in his ways. I tried to get us to go away for a weekend for months. He said he could only go after one of his basketball leagues ended. The league ended and we still didn't go. I planned a trip we could take and would include activities he liked, but still he wouldn't give me a firm answer. <laughs> My God, like a trip to Disneyland or some cruise in the Bahamas would just fix all of this. He kept you off your pins and you allowed it. What are you getting from all of this? Why are you settling for this unsettledness? He didn't want to talk about a future after almost two years of dating. I didn't know if he ever saw himself getting married and wanted to know what he pictured for himself in the future. He once told me he thought he would die young. I thought the Jim Morrison routine was a bit juvenile. Everything about him was juvenile, lady. Give me a break. I tried very hard to maintain my own interests, but I wasn't always good at it. I saw friends, etc., but I felt like I wasn't getting the intimacy from him that would have allowed me to feel secure enough and our relationship to be comfortable. I don't even know what the hell that means. But you must have your own life. You cannot get intimacy and security from someone who doesn't have it to give. We talked every day. If we fought about something, he wouldn't want to talk to me or reconcile. He told me he fought to win and that relationships should be all about fun. He said our arguments, which I thought was simply conversations about regular relationship issues, sapped him of energy. I'm sure they did. I'm sure he had nothing to say about this. I wanted more than fun. I wanted a partner. You don't want a boyfriend. He once scoffed at me. You want a husband. Husband. 
Other times he was sweet and told me he adored me. So would you have stayed if he didn't throw you a crumb once in a while? The the times that he told you he adored you was just to keep you in the game. The whole thing was exhausting, but I wanted it to work. Why? We eventually broke up one night after he'd had a lot to drink and was ignoring me at a party at his friend's house. The week before, I'd been upset about the sudden death of an acquaintance and become emotional. I wanted to see my ex, but he had better things to do. That night, I called him a few times, but he didn't pick up. I told him he wasn't there for me. He sarcastically told me he'd be sure to keep his phone on his, on his person at all times. He told me I was needy and pathetic. Yeah, why should he be there for you? His response was to torture you and call you names. This is a nice guy. True colors of him splashed all over the sidewalk. So we split. It had been very intense, and I still had feelings for him. He wouldn't talk to me after the breakup, except to send back all the birthday cards and love letters I ever sent him. He told me I was passive-aggressive and manipulative. He told me I left him. He told me I could never admit how much he had loved me, when in fact he got angry when I tried to tell him I needed to hear how he felt a bit more. We talked once on the phone after we broke up and he hung up on me. We met up once and he ended up walking away from me. Okay, so why do you keep going to him with a mallet in your hand to go in here? Hit me with this, please. I admit there were times it was emotional. I never fully got over him cheating and I felt like I wasn't getting enough out of the relationship. However, he found a new long distance girlfriend a few months after our breakup. I thought so many of our relationship problems were because of him, yet he's able to enter a new relationship quickly and I still feel unsettled by what happened between us. I've gone on dates and men have expressed interest, but I haven't wanted anything. I feel too shaken up by my whole experience with my ex. I got into therapy, traveled, journaled, wrote, reinvested in my friendships, read and spent time with me. But I know I want love eventually. Well, one is thinks its own level. So your problems were not all about him. Is it normal to carry doubts through a relationship when someone cheats early on and doesn't seem to know what he wants? Why would he tell me I dumped him, left him heartbroken, abandoned him, and then not return my calls or talk about reconciliation, all the while engaging in something with another woman? Why wouldn't he just be honest? If someone enters into a long-distance relationship half a country apart, does it suggest issues with commitment and intimacy? How can I move past this once and for all instead of recycling and feeling sad and wondering why he could move on so easily when I am hurting? You're asking why a lying cheater can't be honest. Because he can't be. Because there's a need to be. He's been with women who have put up with him not being that. My ex-husband's second wife put a tracking device on the man. But other than that, the man can move on easily because he doesn't care. He didn't care about you. He doesn't care about the person he's with now. He didn't care about the woman before you. And he won't care about the woman after the woman he's with now. Nothing that he did matters. It's not important. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Take the focus off him and put it on you. The question is, why did you put up with it? You have to do your journaling, your affirmations, your relationship inventory, and your life inventory. Somewhere deep inside you is a struggle with someone else, father, mother, caretaker, old boyfriend, that you are trying to win. In addition, there are huge self-esteem issues. Women with good self-esteem don't put up with this shit. Once a person cheats, bye-bye. End of story. We're over.
Good luck. See you later. If you think you can change it or cure it, good luck with that. Sometimes people are astounded that their partner cheated. They didn't have the data available beforehand and it came as a shock. But this guy acted in accordance with who he was before you were in a relationship. You knew who he was. Why the shock? Why the disbelief when he acted completely in concert with who he showed you he was in the beginning? This is not about him. This is about you. It's about how you need to fix your broken chooser and not think that you can make this cheating lying banana head into Mr. Wonderful committed relationship versus it's not going to happen. You're not going to turn any cheating guy into Mr. Wonderful. You have to get yourself in line with your self-esteem. Use the Power Affirmations booklet. Figure out no more Mr. Banana Heads for you. Be good to you. And this is for everybody. You know who you are, who have written me similar letters over the past few months. Take the focus off of he, she did to me and put it on you. You all can do this. Be good to you and say no to banana heads. Do the works, do the work in the books and the workbook and take back your power. Now, I had a copy of this on the website, almost word for word. You can go there, you can read it, or you can listen. People ask me to do the, the audio version of it. They don't want to read it. They want to hear it. Maybe they just want to hear it over and over again to make it seep into their brain. Okay, that's it. If you guys have any other requests for me, just send them all along. I'm working on the um, Infidelity podcast, and I'm working on a few other things. But send them along. And I will let you know that if you're with a cheating liar, you're not going to turn them into committed, wonderful person. Okay. And many times what they do with you, they will do to you. And don't worry about the ex doesn't even know that they're broken up yet. I mean, this person was just a shit show and she was just along for the ride. And you got to figure out what is in it for you in trying to turn a cheating liar into a committed relationship person, it's never going to happen. It's never, ever, ever going to happen. This person did everything in his power to make her go away. And she's running after him, holding onto his coattail, saying, why, 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 why? You cannot go there. You cannot go to the dry well for water. You can't ask people who are cheating on you to stop cheating on you and become the person you want them to be. Don't stay with a cheater for the kids. Don't stay with a cheater for, oh, I really know that they could be the person that I want them to be. Just know that once a person cheats, it should be over, gone, finished. Even if it's at the beginning where they feel like, well, I wasn't sure that we were really in a monogamous relationship. No, just go away. Just end it, okay? There you go. That was a request from several people. You got it. Here it is. Thank you guys. Talk to you all soon. Bye-bye.